Okay, today is Daily Cyber number 238. My name is Brandon Krieger and I'm going to be talking about a lot of things going on in the cybersecurity industry. Uh, first and foremost, I want to just say I hope everyone is safe and healthy through the pandemic. I know there's a lot of things going on here in Ontario, uh, a lot of different changes and things are happening. So hopefully you are safe and you, your family and everything that you're going on is, is healthy and safe. Uh, today we're going to be talking about, or I'm going to be talking about, uh, what's going on in the news, a little bit about uh, kind of the legalities when it comes to cybersecurity, and just keep you up to date on the things that are happening. So grab a coffee, grab a tea, and let's hack at it. I'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode, USADO. USADO is a Canadian-based cybersecurity company that provides 24-7 cybersecurity support and compliance to align their customers' tolerance for risk, their clients, suppliers, and government contractual mandates. USADO's teams focus on using insights to drive business decisions. There's no need to leave strategies to chance when insights can be used to show what changes need to be made and how to make them. USADO offers multiple services to help companies simplify IT, centralize cybersecurity management, and meet compliance standards. USADO can customize their service to work with your existing IT network and programs. For more information, contact USADO at info at uzado.com or visit their website at www.uzado.com. So I hope you guys again are having a great day. Uh, I know it's Monday right now and just a lot of things are going on in the industry, uh, especially when it comes to companies and challenges that people are going through compliance, through risk, through cybersecurity, ransomware, you name it. There's a lot going on in the industry. So uh, first and foremost, I want to kind of give a little bit of house cleaning uh, tips and recommendations. Uh, we The podcast is on every Every Monday at 12 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. So if you want to come out live and chat, you can actually go to YouTube right now. I'm trying to get this on LinkedIn as well, but you can go to YouTube right now. Uh, go into the chat. If you have any questions or comments, uh, you can go there and we can talk live. Uh, the other thing is on through the week, you'll actually see through the podcast, you'll see uh, different areas. I'll have it through... Uh, dailycyber.ca you can go there and check that out where you can actually see the podcast uh, th different social sites so you can see it on uh, different streams like iTunes things like that uh, also you can go to YouTube and watch it there uh, it's on different social sites I think Restream as well uh, so different areas where you can actually consume the podcast and uh, other thing is uh, some recommendations uh, what I'm hearing is a lot of colleagues falling through stress anxiety kind of what's going on kind of in the industry and just being burnt out um first and foremost take care of yourself especially in the it and cybersecurity field i find a lot of us are working long long hours extra hours trying to help you know our companies the people that we work with provide support and you know through that process of building and growing and maintaining business continuity you know, things happen where you get tired, you get fatigued and kind of wear out. So make sure you take care of yourself. Make sure you get lots of sleep, lots of rest. I know this can be stressful times right now for, a lot, you know, different people, depending on what you're going through, be it family, you know, maybe someone's, you know, got, you know, COVID or something along that line. And you're kind of worried and stressed. 
just make sure you take care of yourself. I think it's so important in this day and age that we focus on our health and well-being. Uh, and uh, just want to throw that out there because I'm hearing a lot of my colleagues going through stress right now and taking some time off and trying to rest and repair. So I just want to add that into this because, I mean, when it comes to risk, I mean, we, we got to look after ourselves. We're not healthy. We're not, you know, taking care of ourselves. You know, we can be compromised and get sick and, you know, we're, not, we're no help to our family, our friends and the colleagues and people that we work with. So make sure you take care of yourself. So let's jump into uh, the topic for today is I want to talk a little bit about uh, the legalities. I know um, I don't know if you guys have been watching, but uh, through Tuesdays, what I do is I have a CISSP live study group that I work with, Joel Bork, uh, and we go over the CISSP content. Uh, through that, there's a lot of great information that we're covering about different domains and different areas when it comes to preparing for the CISSP. And one of the conversations I've been having more is about due diligence, uh, due care, negligence, liability, and looking at kind of the responsibility about that when it comes to, as an organization, how you have to look after yourself and maintain that. Because if you're not and you get compromised, there's, you know, your negligence of what you you know you should have been doing, you know, through industry standards. And then what happens, you could be actually, you know, fined and maybe even criminally charged with criminal uh, with negligence because you know what you were supposed to be doing you know what you know the protection and measures you're supposed to be putting in place especially if you got uh, an assessment of vulnerability test uh, security gap assessment anything along that line and then you didn't take actions in a reasonable time and all of a sudden something happens you know you could be held negligible because of that so Doing your due care, doing your due diligence and making sure things are doing, even if it's in, pl in plan and you're working on it. Now, there is, uh, of course, uh, lenience on, you know, things that happen like the pandemic and, and you had to transfer staff and things along that line. But if it's like you got a test done in 2017 and you still haven't remediated some of the uh, critical uh, issues in the, in the security and now it's 2020, that can be an issue. That's something you have to look at. So. Looking at that and taking care of your responsibilities as a CISO, as a cybersecurity professional, consultant, whatever that may be, uh, especially if you're in the, in the company. This really relates to people inside the company, right? Your CFO, your CISOs, you know, kind of that C-suite that are getting these tests and are, are looking after cybersecurity, be it compliance, be it risk, be it the technology, making sure that you're taking care of that and making sure you're doing your due diligence, Right. And it could be in your internal staff or if you need resources, you can you know, outsource it to external staff that will be able to help you. So and there's MSSPs and, you know, security consultants and all these types of people that can be available to help you. So really doing that right now. And I know it's a hard time to talk about that, especially when companies are focusing on business continuity, looking at forecasting, looking at their financial uh, forecast over the next you know 90 days, six months, one year and kind of trying to figure out where are we going to be. So looking at that legalities. Second, I want to talk about this, you know, computer crime. Uh, computer crime is on the rise, uh, especially because the landscape has changed, right? The landscape of the attack surface. So before it used to be, you know, companies used to have everything in-house or as much as possible that they can control, right? Now, since the pandemic, you know, your staff and, you know, even maybe your suppliers or contractors, whatever that may be, 
are even now even more remote because you might have had your suppliers or your contractors in-house whether at a physical location, they have to authenticate locally and they have usernames, passwords, badges, all that that's local to your environment. And then what happens is now that's flipped upside down where they're working from home, right? And the, but they still need access to the environment, to data, to information. But now you're going you're gonna to try to give it to them in a secure way. So you might be looking at you know, endpoint protection on the devices. You're looking at VPN as a secure tunnel. But then you got to, you know, consider their home network and the security around there. So, I mean, we've talked about this before, but just to recap, you know, there's different attack areas right now when it comes to people being remote. The mobile devices, right? The mobile devices that are working from home, their local uh, network, right? Through their modem, router, whatever that may be, through their ISP might not be as secure as it, it needs to be to lock that down. Uh, security awareness training through the household, not just for the individual that's your employee, but through the full household to making sure they're aware of what they should not be clicking on, being aware of, you know, you know, phishing attacks, spam, you know, how to delete them, what, what to look for, all these great things to be mindful of. All is important right now in looking at security, but it's changed the landscape, it's changed everything that we're doing. So it's so important to look at that. And then when I was uh, reading or listening to a video this morning and we were talking about cybersecurity crime, there's kind of two main areas of cybersecurity crime. There's either one that the device has been, you know, compromised. It's, it's looked at being attacked. Or second is that device is used as a tool to hack, right? So these are kind of the two main areas that when you look at cybersecurity crime is how devices are used. Is One, it's either one is being attacked and being compromised or two, it's being used to be, a tool to compromise someone else. Uh, and it's very important to kind of be able to identify when you're doing your forensics and when you're looking at that, how that relates to your environment, your system, right? Can it be something that's used as a path or, you know, even just a, a, like a hub or a spot where they jump from one to another to get to, you know, the, the golden nugget. And that could be, you know, your data, your database, your active directory, uh, intellectual property, whatever that may be. It could be any of that information that they're trying to get access to. And that could be just a, a, a jump from that one spot to something else. So you got to look at securing everything, right? And everything in your environment. And that's why a lot of times when vulnerability scans and security scans and things like that are great to see what's in the environment, what is, you know, there. I mean, I've heard stories where there's desktops, servers that are in the environment that might be like, ancient like old uh the one i remember hearing way back was yeah we had a windows 3.1 you know server underneath someone's desk but it has this you know proprietary application that hasn't been updated but this is what we use well it's on the network well if it's on the network and it hasn't been updated in decades right then how old is that now the potential for that to be compromised is extremely high and if it's that found on the network well that could be the access point they get into that now they're into the network and now they can start to do reconnaissance and going through the network. So something to really think about is the assets that are on your network. Now you can create like a v, like a virtual uh, LAN and potentially segregate that device. But if that device needs access to, uh, you know, like it's a proprietary application and people need access to it, even though it might be on a different VLAN, they might have access to that device. So something to really think about when you look at, you know, devices and all that. And then when you look at software, Right, you look at the liability of software and making sure everything is up to date, it's patched, right? And if you have archaic software that 
it's you know secure as best as possible and if it's something that's newer versions out there that you start to look into them because you want to make sure your environment's secure so looking at all that as legalities um next i want to talk about it a little bit as a ransomware now if you guys have any questions or comments like i said go to youtube there's actually a comment area there uh put a comment in i'm watching actually the feed right now as, as i talk and I can provide any information or just answer any questions or, you know, if you guys have feedback for me, let me know. Uh, it's good to kind of hear what's going on in the industry on your side. So talking about ransomware, let's talk about that. Uh, I was going to pull up an article and I'll pull that up a little bit later, but ransomware is increasing and, it's, you know, we're seeing more and more attacks. And I know going through Feedly today, uh, we're seeing more and more attacks on ransomware and it's just becoming more prevalent, right, for people to do their due diligence on having a breach readiness plan making sure they have that plan and they do a tabletop exercise especially now because of the pandemic do a tabletop exercise go through it make sure everything all your checks are there you know the support staff you know your response time everything's there because if it's not what's going to happen is you're going to get breached and knock on wood you don't but you're going to and then what happens is that incident now you're running around you know is John there? Is Fred there? Is Bob there? You know, is the supplier, uh, the vendor that we work with, are they available? You know, and maybe they're not. Maybe they're short staffed. They're running on a, a skeleton team. Uh, maybe their SLA and uh, their service level agreement response time now has gone from four hours to 10 hours because they had to lay off some staff. What does that mean for the impact of your business? What does that mean going forward that your financial loss, your brand reputation, like all these things you have to think about. So going through a table talk exercise now, understand that and reevaluating it, especially in the worst times helps you to kind of evaluate. Cause I remember talking to Joel, uh, I think it was last week or the other week. And we were talking about most plants. And I would almost say, and this is just kind of my opinion. I'd probably say 98%, uh, 98% of plants didn't have a pandemic uh, response, just something we never thought of, something you never really thought of. You thought of hurricanes, fires, theft, uh, tornadoes, floods, like all these different things, right? Uh, maybe a lightning storm that takes things out, whatever. You know, you think of all those things, but a pandemic wasn't thought of. So now I'm going to be, again, 99, 98, 99% uh, sure. You're going to start to see that now incorporated into you know, policies and procedures, you're going to start to see it in studying materials. I'm sure the next version of the CISSP is going to have uh, pandemic uh, concepts and theories on how to deal with it and how to plan that out. I'm sure like when you go through this, the insurance companies are the same thing, are going to have something around a pandemic, right? Just because this has been such a massive impact on everyone right across the board, right? Companies, people, you name it, governments, right across the board. I mean, Donald Trump now ha has been uh, diagnosed with COVID-19 and how that's impacting everything. It's in impacting the election, right? So everything's being impacted by this. So I'm sure that you're going to start to see how this is going to roll out. So really looking at the legalities and going back to that, looking at, you know, your cyber crimes, looking at what you need to know when it comes to your local law, right, of cybersecurity and, 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 you know, how to deal with forensics and how to deal with uh, your breach response. Uh, having a cybersecurity lawyer 
involved in your plans because a lot of times when you do that in your response, you should have the lawyer engaged to be able to say, we've been breached. You need to know, like, this is what's going on. What do we need to do on a legal standpoint? And then you're going to have to have also cut your uh, PR. So if it's your marketing company or maybe you have an outside PR company. So it's almost like you have a war room with everyone in that war room having that discussion and going through that at that time. And then while you're going through your, uh, your breach response plan as a tabletop exercise, having those people there to be able to go through what would they do? What do they need to do? And making sure it's all documented, making sure you're going through the process and looking at timelines and, you know, implementation. You know, if you have to do a marketing campaign or a PR campaign at that time, what does that mean? What does that really entail? Right? And how do we get that done? It, now you're looking at remediation recovery. Like, what does that mean? If you're looking at forensics, what can we shut down? What can we not shut down? What do we need to have for forensics? So all these things need to be in that plan. And, and you know, some of this might be review uh, for some, some of you guys that are watching this, but other ones that are not, you know, go through this, right? Go through the breach, uh, breach response plan and, and go step by step. Uh, and if you have any questions, let me know. Uh, comment below. Uh, I know my team does that. We help. And there's lots of great teams out there that do it. I know my team helps to not only do a breach readiness response plan, but we actually have a breach readiness as a service too. So going through that and making sure that we're always available to, to make sure that if and when it does happen, you know, we're there to make sure the plan is executed properly and that everything is, is worked towards remediation and getting the company back up as soon as possible. So, uh, what else do I want to talk about? Cyber crimes, hacktivists, organized crimes, insiders, uh, national, state, Interpol, and disclosure of notifications are some topics that you should be aware of, when, especially when cybersecurity. Right? You look at cyber crimes, you know, what's the methodology? What, why are they actually compromising the company? Is it script kiddies? Is it something along the line where it's malicious intent? Is it internal? Right? Is it espionage? Like, what really is that cyber crime? You got hacktivists, right? Which, you know, we can talk about. Uh, who else? Like hacktivists, you know, for example, say uh, Black Lives Matter, right? Say, and I'm not saying they did this, but say they did. Maybe they went after the police, they went after certain organizations and they hacked them to shut them down. That would be considered kind of a hacktivist uh, type uh, compromise. Uh, organized crime, uh, we're starting to see like on the dark web, especially with ransomware. I, I would define that more as like organized crime now because there's actually help desks like let's be honest here we all know this if you don't now you do there's actually help desk and support when it comes to ransomware and if you ever need to uh if you want to purchase these and i recommend and highly recommend you don't you stay away from it but if that was you know your motive whatever there's actually help desk that'll actually walk you through it on the dark web so on a security standpoint on us that are defending it makes it harder just because the support that they're getting is global, right? For these tools, right? it's a whole global support team, and then you've got individual teams, right? And it's getting better when in the cybersecurity industry. But you know, you used to have these kind of pockets of teams. It's your company, your team that supports your, you know your infrastructure, and then they are the ones that are responding. Now you're starting to have you know threat feeds and things along that line that now people are really uh, getting involved in. And being able to share information, share cybersecurity uh, vulnerabilities, zero days, things like that. And then, you know, ways of remediation. So it's really important to keep on top of all this is going on and keep your ear to the ground. And us as the, I would say, blue team and people that are preventing it right, is 
to share information, stay more connected, and be able to collaborate. Uh, insider, this is something that insider types of threats and attacks, something that companies are are very aware of. And it comes down to really working with your staff, education, cybersecurity awareness, having all your policies. And let's kind of go from top-down approach. Education, right? Making sure the education is place in place. Contracts are in place. Uh, acceptable use policies, employment agreements, all that's in place, right? I know I had a conversation with a colleague and just talking briefly over that, that making sure everything's in place so there ever has to be some sort of escalation with staff, that the process is laid out, that you know everything's documented what they're allowed to do and what they're not allowed to do, that there can't be any um, confusion, that it's in simple terms that if you do this, you could be reprimanded. If you look at sites that are not authorized by the company, let's just call them out. Like if you go to porn sites, you go to, you know, maybe it's a, a streaming site, maybe it's a site that we that the company sees that is malicious, whatever that may be, it's documented in the acceptable use policy. It's you know, referenced in the employee agreement that now for those, you know, incidents, it can be referenced. Here you go. This is what it is. Right. And then, you know, look at your escalation process for uh, as HR or if you're a smaller company, you know, if you're senior management, you're the owner of the company, what's your labor laws? Understand them. Understand your labor laws in your area right? to make sure that you go through the proper procedure of escalating as well. And it's documented. Right. And you go through the process because what happens, you don't want to have any grievance or anything along that line that says you uh, they fired you, fired them without cause, or they fired you know the person without you know doing it in a proper way. You want to make sure that's all drawn out, right? That you go through that. And I know, like, uh, from my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, if anyone's listening to this, but I know in Ontario, all this documentation has to be. There has to also be a verbal warning, a written warning, and then there has to be opportunities for the person to go through professional uh, professional development and go through, you know remediation on their side to fix and, and uh, resolve whatever issue that may be. There has to be time frames in that and it has to be documented and it has to give the chance to be able to do that to fix any issues. And then, you know, if it still happens as recurring, then there's a written warning and then again, another time to be able to develop and, and go through a development program and making sure that, you know, they have the opportunity to change. And then if it's a final, you know, incident, now there can be incidents that are fireable right from the start and that you have to document those. You have to document them out that these ones are ones that if you do, you're dismissed immediately, right? But it has to be documented and not after the fact. And if it is after the fact, they have to reassign, like resign and confirm the employment agreement as well as acceptable use policy and all that. And some people do the acceptable use policy. I know there's updates for that when, and you look at through cybersecurity awareness training, sometimes yearly, you know, annually, Companies go through that and update it and make sure, you know, employees sign off on it, right, to make sure if there's any changes. Because as we grow as companies, there might be different technologies, different solutions that come up, or there might be something external that comes up that now the company's more aware of. So now they need to update that and make sure that the employees sign off on that. I know I'm diving a little bit uh, deeper into this, but it's changing right now because of the landscape. It's changing right now because of employees being at home. Right, and having more access to uh, things that they might not have been allowed to at work because now they're at home. 
But what does that mean now for the company? What does that mean for the the risk of the company? Is the company now more vulnerable because of it? Now, as a company, have to write new policies to now also include you know home use, like right? you know remote users and how they're they're allowed to go throughout their day at home. Does that need to be incorporated? Now, that's something that each company has to decide. But again, it's something to think about, right? Because if the employee is now going to sites that are not authorized, but they're doing it on their home network, right? But that home network is connected to that, you know, company PC. And now there's a vulnerability there. Like they get hacked through their home system and it goes into their, their personal uh, PC or sorry, hopped. Sorry, let me walk that through that again. So they get hacked on their home network it comp- because they compromise their home PC. And through that home network, their work computer now gets compromised because it's connected to that network. So I know that's a, a little bit of a drawn out scenario, but it happens, right? And now that work PC laptop device now is VPN access, direct access to the, the, the infrastructure. So that might be the corporation, that might be a database, that might be a, a proprietary application, a SaaS application, whatever that may be, but now it has access to it. So this has to be thought out, uh, really thought out and discussed. And this is why I'm having these discussions right now. It's because I'm finding that when I'm talking to people, it's, yeah, yeah, we've got this covered. And then when I ask them these type of questions, you can hear the the the, the wheel spinning, them going, kind of going, oh, okay, well, we never really thought about it, but is, is it that big of a deal? You know, when you get compromised, it becomes a very big deal. Right now, because you're not, then it's a low, lower threat right now because the risk appears to be lower. But it's when also now the company gets compromised, now it becomes mission critical. It becomes something they should have looked at. And they're like, oh my God, I can't believe that Joan or Jane at home got compromised. They got in through you know their her PC, you know at work PC, and they got into the network, and now they're completely in. They've been in for the last six months, and they've been doing reconnaissance information. Now we've been completely ransomware. So talking that through in doing your due diligence, going through that, I know at the worst time to do it. And these are the times that the attackers, and let's just kind of like call a spade a spade. These are the time that criminals and attackers right now are, you know, increasing their activities because they know the employees, the companies, the IT guys, the cybersecurity guys are overworked and overwhelmed. You know, budgets and financial stuff is, is really being scrutinized right now. So security might be low. So they know that and they're going perfect, right? It's almost a point where, you know, and I'll give you a little bit of analogy. It's like the sense of, you know, there's a building that had a fire, right? They've locked, they, you know, one area has been kind of locked down. They've got it taped off. They, that, you know, it's kind of destroyed, but the other side of the building is more, is secure. But if you got through the, the area where the building has been burnt down a little bit, you can see access points. You can get through that at one area. That's kind of what's going down right going on right now. You know, things have been kind of transitioned, broken down right now, and everyone's trying to figure out what the landscape looks like. And now those areas are those access points. Remote users, right? VPN can potentially be an access point, especially on the home user. Um, all these different areas. So I really advise right now, going back, you look at your legalities, Look at your processes. You look at your policies. Going back through your breach readiness uh, plan, uh, and make sure that it's 
it's up to date. You've gone through it. You've done a tabletop exercise. You've done all that. And that what happens is, you know, if an incident happened like right now or tomorrow, at least the plan's in place and everyone's ready to go so that in this pandemic, in this situation, you'll be able to respond and, and work on remediation as soon as possible. So I think it's really important to go over that. And I just wanted to cover that because it's kind of the conversations I've been having more and more. And I just find it so, so uh, important right now is to look at the things you don't want to look at and the hardest times because those are the things that are the most vulnerable right now. So if you have any questions, comments, uh, like I said, I'm on YouTube right now watching the chat. Uh, comment there. Uh, trying to give as much information, help as many companies as I can right now just because everyone's going through so many different challenges. So I want to jump over to the news and talk about some things that are going on in the news. So one of the bigger, bigger things that we've been kind of hearing about is ransomware. And, you know, new ransomware uh, vaccine kills programs wiping Windows shadow volumes. So we're seeing this on Windows. And this is something that I found was an interesting article just to cover and just talk about. Now, if you're not f familiar with uh, shadow volume on Windows, it's the equivalent of, um, I'm trying to think of, Time Machine, that's it, a Time Machine on on, uh, on a Mac. And basically what it does is it makes copies as you're going through your day-to-day -day of your data so you can you go back and you recover it and you can go back historically and, and recover it. So as you're, you're recovering it, you can kind of go back an hour, a day, whatever that may be, and recover it. Well, through the ransomware, they're actually, do, like through this ransomware, they're actually deleting the volumes, right? The delete volume shadow copies using Microsoft VV, VSS admin.exe program. So they're shutting that down and deleting the backups, right? And through this uh, ransomware. So what happens is when you try to restore, the data's are not, the, the files are not there. So this is why, and I'm just using this as an example, but this is why backups are so important to have your backup program so it's off-site and you can do a forensic investigation on making sure the data is actually validated, it's it's been cleaned and there's no malware on that. Because even one company I heard about was uh, they were restoring from their backups thinking that the backups were clean and then as soon as they got backed up, they got ransomware again. And they kept going through the cycle going, well, like, what's happening? How are we keep getting breached? Well, what happened was they found out later is that the backups were compromised as well. So they had to go so far back for a clean backup to restore all the systems and all the solutions and then work on recovering the data in between. So it was a very manual process and a lot of work for them to do. But this is also why you make sure that all your backups are clean and you do your best on your due diligence, which I'm sure you're doing. A lot of companies are doing it, but it's just a kind of a, a reminder and a checkpoint to make, say, you know, make sure that you're doing it. Uh, next article I wanted to share with you guys. Uh, just give me here. The hospitals. So New Jersey hospital paid ransom uh, gang uh, $670,000 to prevent data leak. We're starting to see more and more hospitals getting compromised. Uh, I think there was one uh, UHS. I'm going to bring that article up. And I think it was in Germany that... I was watching uh, a video, and if you guys don't know which one I'm talking about, it's, it's called The Wolf. Uh, I'll show you here. It's Christian Slater. You can kind of see here. I was going to bring it up, but I just wasn't able to get the audio going. But it's called uh, HP The Wolf, The Hunt Continues. 
Go to YouTube, look at that video and watch it. The one that's posted right now that I see here is August 17th, 2018. And in that video, they're talking about how they can compromise a person, their medication, right? The hospital, right? And then the medication that person's on and the hospital all the way through that chain. And it was showing that back in what, 2017, that process, right? Uh, sorry, 2018. It was showing back in 2018, that process, that methodology, you know, how they were going through it. And now we're starting to see more and more with the hospitals and we're probably seeing it like back then as well, slowly, but now with ransomware and the attacks now, we're seeing it more and more that these hospitals are getting compromised to the point where, and I'll bring that article up here, is the UHS hospital hit by Ryuk ransomware forced to shut down systems. From my understanding, and I'll, I'll confirm this, there was one patient that passed away because of this. You know, and it's sad to see, but because of all the systems that are shut down, they're not able to get access to it. You got to think the depth of this. You've got uh, respiratory systems, you've got heart monitors, you've got uh, medication systems, like all these systems that are on the network that not knowing, and I'm, I didn't go too deep in this article, I went uh, briefly through it. It was more about the the process and what was happening through the, 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 the compromise and who got affected, like the stocks, the shareholders, all that. But didn't really talk about the devices and things along that line. I know when I was, H, I was at HP, before this wolf of uh, the wolf got released, and they were talking about the Internet of Things and the devices through printers, uh, heart monitors, respiratory systems, um, what else? EKG monitors, like you name it, uh, scanners, uh, ultrasound. Uh, I'm trying to think of the other ones. Any device that has an IP address, how they could be actually compromised. And when they were talking about that back in 2018, when I was there, it was really crazy to kind of see that this is possible, right? And now we have to look at, okay, if it's possible, how do you secure it? How do you lock that down? And then you're seeing, like, like I said, hospitals are being, you know, compromised. A ransomware demand this month to prevent, and this is the University of uh, University Hospital in New Jersey and New in Newark. Uh, the New Jersey paid $670,000 ransom demand this month to prevent the uh, publishing of 240 gigabytes of stolen data, including patient information. So they paid that out so they wouldn't have to, so they wouldn't get that data released. Uh, they're saying the archive, uh, after the SunCrypt uh, operators pu pu publicity posted an archive of 48,000 documents belonging to UHN UHNJ, a representative of the hospital conduct the threat actors via the dark web payment portal to negotiate the stopping of the further publishing of patient data. So literally, yeah, they from what I'm reading here is they what they did was they compromised them, they released some data, kind of proof of life, you know, proof of compromise, and then these guys contacted them and said, like, you know, we need you to stop that. So I think it's really important to kind of take a look at that and look at the impact right now. You know, how this is impacting you know, who this is really impacting, you know, when you look at now it's hospitals, to what extent, right? To what extent are we getting, you know, these compromises? I mean, now you're looking at threat of life, right? And studying CISSP and one of the things they talk about, the number one thing you're looking at when you're looking at security is life, right? Physical security, I worked physical security for many years. Again, it's, you know, protecting life. That's the main thing. Cybersecurity, 
that's the first thing that comes to, you know, the priorities is to protect life. So if you're looking at this and you're kind of going, you know, oh my God, they're hacking hospitals. Now we have to look at investment and, and investment not only in just money, but knowledge, knowledge sharing, knowledge transfer to be able to secure the hospitals to make sure they're protected because if now they're starting to show the signs of getting compromised, right, and as we're talking about like ransomware, locking down the systems, locking down whatever devices, you know, whatever units, even patient information, because a lot of stuff is electronic, right? And you're looking at, I'm just throwing this out there. Anyone in the medical community can respond, but we're looking at, you know, uh, medications uh, schedules, right? A lot of it's electronic now from, from my understanding. It's on like an iPad or, you know, a smart device that they're going through. Well, if they're not be able to get access to that to know when, someone needs their medication, there could be issues there. So, and, you know, they could get worse, get sicker, or even, you know, the worst case scenario, right, pass away. So these are things that are scary to think about and why now it's even more important for us to share cybersecurity information and, and help as much as we can. Uh, trying to think here, was there another article? Oh, uh, vulnerability su uh, supply chain introduces increasing interconnected attack surface. So they're talking about like now when you look at the different supply chains and things along going along this line. Now I'm going to have all these articles in the description, but when you look at supply chain and you look at, you know, different things that are going on, you look at all the different connections. You look at everything that's going on. And I know these guys are talking about like MSPs, cloud solutions, providers, things along that line. And you look at how the data is coming through and how everyone's kind of protecting it right through that supply chain of management you got to make sure all that process is being secured right? and making sure that each area right if it is a cloud solution if it's software as a service infrastructure as a service platform as a service that from the cloud solution which is mostly i'm not sure about all of them but mostly our shared security model from your msp that might or your internal team that set that up to your security team through that supply chain you got to make sure Everything is locked down and secure and it's validated. And if it's not, you know, the challenge now we're getting into is who's accountable through that supply chain? Who's the one that you're going to go and say and hold accountable that this wasn't secure? And when you get the shared security model, that falls back on the company, right? Now, the company might say, well, we had an MSP that was supposed to secure that, right? And that's a managed, secure, a managed solution provider, so IT. They were supposed to secure that. Well, they might say, well... We did as best as we have, but the 82 areas of security that we, we looked at, you know, we, we, we did, you know, the 24 that were most critical and the rest, you know, they weren't relevant to you. Well, were they or were they not? Right? And this is something that the company now has to evaluate and make sure that it's done. And sometimes what we recommend is when a cloud uh, solution is implemented and set up, having a third party validation to validate the security so having a company do an assessment, right? Do an assessment on that environment, that configuration, and making sure that it's secure, making sure that they've gone through their due diligence and making sure that everything's there. And then getting a report, right? Getting a report with a roadmap and saying, here, well, here's how you graded. Here's the areas that are vulnerable. Here's the roadmap of remediation. This is what you need to do. And then having the company go back and going through that and going, okay, we need to do this, 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 and this. Right? And then having that, and then maybe even having a validation after that, that making sure that it's secure. So it's really important to kind of look at that when we come to 
cybersecurity awareness, you know, when you're looking at your supply chain, because now it's changed, you know, m more companies were, I'm not going to say a big percentage, I'm not going to say 50%, but there was a lot of companies that went from, you know, on-prem solutions to cloud solutions overnight. And these companies now need to evaluate, you know, what's their, their issues, what's their challenges, right? Where are they vulnerable? And they need to go back through that. So it's extremely important to do that. Uh, trying to think, was there anyone else? Oh yeah, the last article, uh, 4.83 million DDoS attacks reported globally in uh, in H1 2000. So something I wanted to cover when it comes to the D, and we don't hear much of them, the denial of service attacks right now, but we're starting to see like, something where a lot of traffic, you know, a denial of uh, distributed denial of service attack that goes to a certain company and, and shuts them down. So now they can't do any activities because there's so much traffic shutting down their perimeter, shutting down their network, and they're not able to do any activities. I think it's something that we need to kind of just keep in mind of. We're hearing more in the news, ransomware, 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 ransomware. But you also have to keep in, in mind of the arrest that's going on, all these other types of attacks, all these other type of challenges that are going on to make sure that we're secure right? and make sure that you're keeping monitored. So hopefully your internal team is doing it. If not your internal team, hopefully have some sort of SIM that's monitoring kind of alerts and keeping you up to date on things that are going on. And that you have a team that's monitoring those alerts, right? False positive, false negatives. They're tuning that, you know, they're constantly uh, modifying the SIM to make sure that it's up to date. They're looking at any of the threats that are going on and making sure that, they're keeping that up to date because if they're not, the, the the biggest challenge comes down to is if they miss something or they're not paying attention, you know, there could be a compromise that was right there. They saw the alert, but either one too busy, weren't paying attention, uh, didn't have it tuned properly, right? The SIM, now they missed it and now someone could be in their network, right? Someone can be in your network and they could be going through and doing some reconnaissance. And this could have been, you know, yesterday three months ago whatever that may be so it's good to have a good strong team and you know just have a conversation with them how are things going what's going on right have it you know on a frequent basis you know how's our network looking you know we need kind of a, an overview uh debriefing on kind of what's happening on our environment has it changed has you know has there been an increase has there been a decrease what do we need to be looking at and just keep up to date i don't, I don't care where you are in the company Right, if you're a CFO, CRO, Chief Risk Officer, you know CEO, keeping your ear to the ground and just keeping aware and having these conversations will be so important to make sure that things are getting done because it's when they're kind of like ignored and, oh, they're, they're looking after it, that's when things start to happen because if we're not paying attention, and I learned this uh, when I was in business myself, knowing your numbers, knowing accounting, knowing kind of that base uh, uh foundation is so important because if you don't know your numbers, you don't know how your business is doing. Well, if you don't know your security, you don't know how to protect your business and you don't know if your company is vulnerable. If it is vulnerable and you get compromised, now who do you look after? Like, who do you blame? Well, my my point is you start with yourself and you work your way down. Damn it, I should have been keeping an eye on it. I should have been looking after it. No, I'm not saying be hypervigilant, but keep going, like keep understanding kind of what's the landscape, what's going on. Just keep your ear to the ground. Have good people around you that keep you educated, right? That's going on with the with your company, what's going on in the industry. So what happens when you talk to your teams, they can educate you and they can kind of tell what's going on. And if something's not sitting right, 
we're talking about ransomware. And if ransomware is not saying right, they're not kind of talking about what's going on. Ask them good questions. So are we looking after ransomware? Are we, you know, if, if we got ransomware attacked, are we, our breach response, our plan, is it ready to go? Our backups, have they been checked? What's, what's going on? And they'll let you know where they stand. And if you start to hear flags that, oh yeah, we haven't looked at our backups in like, you know, six months, one year, boom, red flag. Why aren't we looking at them? Why aren't we looking at them more frequently? Why aren't we at least doing a forensics investigation, just making sure they're clean? Even if it's every quarter, why aren't we doing that? You know, why aren't we just kind of having some sort of tool? Or maybe there's tools out there that you can do and, and evaluate them and make sure that they're all up to date, on-site and off-site backups, right? And making sure that they've been, you know, evaluated and clean because if you ever have to restore, you, you want to have that confidence that, you know what? They're good. We've already had them tested. We already had them checked. So I know I covered a lot of information. Uh, a lot uh, was kind of going on today. And I mean, there's just so much going on when it comes to cybersecurity. Uh, again, there's a lot I covered talked about legalities, uh, some things to look at, labor laws, you know, your policies, procedures, governance, kind of thing, things along that line. And just different areas that you need to kind of be aware of. I know there's a lot of information. Go back, listen to this, watch this again. Uh, let me know if you have any questions because I know there's just so much to cover when it comes to cybersecurity, especially if you're a small company, a mid-sized company, and you're doing so much right now to uh, sustain your business, keep business continuity, keep the supply chain going. I know I was talking to someone this morning that uh, their manufacturing plant was shut down uh, because while it was happening in Montreal, and now they have to wait for uh, manufacturing. They have to wait for things to be built. And so now it's kind of this frustration on their side is like, ah, oh, how do we do this? How do we keep going if things keep, you know, being held up? And I think it's really important right now to make sure you're doing your due diligence on these sides, right? Like I'm talking about security, and this is why I'm I'm doing these podcasts and reminding people of the things that I'm finding, that I'm seeing, that I'm going through day in and day out, is to have these conversations and kind of go through each and every kind of process, each kind of discussion that I'm going through to share it with you so it's a reminder that, yeah, okay, I got to look at that. I got to do this. Okay, yeah, that's right. You know, uh, I got to check in and make sure because the more diligent we are on these security measures, the better our security posture is and the, the better protected we are and our organization is. So a lot of information, a lot, a lot to cover today. Uh, let me do a little bit of housekeeping here. If you want to uh, listen to this podcast live, it's going to be on Mondays at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, come out. I'm going to post them through LinkedIn, uh, on YouTube, Twitter, uh, wherever you're following me. I want to have a great conversation with you uh, over lunch and just have, you know, talk about cybersecurity and cybersecurity awareness to keep everyone up to date on what's going on. Uh, I want to thank you so much for, you know, coming along with a podcast. If you like this podcast, please like, comment, and share. Share it with a colleague. Share it with someone that you know, uh, business owner. Get this message out. It's so important for people to be protected and just know and be aware of what's going on with cybersecurity. So I'm going to leave you off there. Uh, I just want to remind you, don't forget, software is hackable. Be connected as vulnerable. I'll see you next Daily Cyber.